everybody, and welcome back to Modern Geekdom. On this week's episode, we're discussing some epic product failures. Stick around. Julie, do the thing. Modern Geekdom. Are you pondering what I'm pondering? I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. Modern Geekdom. Would you kindly shut your noise hole? Exterminate. All systems go, Michael. Give it God! Modern uh, hell with it. Modern Geekdom. We're back. Good evening, gentlemen. Take two. Yeah, yes. you don't know that. Speaking of epic fails of technology, yeah. Tonight's topic: <laughs> epic product fails. We start the show with an epic product fail. Skype likes to just just drop, drop off for absolutely no reason. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, try having a uh, conference call, and all of a sudden you can't hear anybody around you, and yet the con- like the call is still connected, at least according to Skype, but you can't hear anybody. That's a little more serious than what we're doing, so I can only imagine. This yeah. is quite irritating wah, for us. Wah. Yeah. But it kind of leads into the conversation because some of these things, like, I remember, like, when Skype first came out, it was it was just, it was, it was like AOL Instant Messenger. And yeah. that it kind of also promised that, I think they originally said that they were eventually going to promise voice calls, and that was the differentiator. Yeah. But in the beginning, it was fundamentally just an instant messenger. And then when they finally got voice calls, it was the most buggy, glitchy product you'd ever seen. Ugh. Like, just every yeah. single audio problem you can imagine, just it was it was awful. And so All right. some of these are even more hilarious than that was because <laughs> they didn't yeah. even get so, off the ground. So we're going to talk today about... Epic product flops. Uh, the USA Today article that's the basis of this conversation. Yeah. Um, 50 worst product flops of all time. And these are hilarious, too, which is why we're having this discussion. Yeah, we're just going to have some fun with it. Yeah. Because these are awesome. Yeah. It's going to make fun of some stuff. So, in no particular order, we're just going to go down the list. Um, and we're going to you know spend a couple minutes talking about each product and... Where we're at, have a so. have a have a few member berries while we're at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because these are hilarious. Um, Do we want to start off with number one though? Because it, seriously, like it being. I, I t- want to start with number one just because. Yeah. Um. I like. So number one on this list, and and we can and we can skip around if you want to. Number one on this list is Google Glass, <laughs> and I you know, <clears throat> I I am a, a Google fan. I, I like most of the things that they put out. Um, but if I remember right, th- this this came out in, in 2013 is, is when it was uh, introduced. Released. It really came well, out like 2015, says... but it was introduced 2013, if I remember. Yeah. Uh, it's all fuzzy because we really yeah. kind of collectively forgot about this because of what yeah. a disaster it was. Yeah. Well, th- yeah, they, they said that it was announced to the public in 2012, introduced to the market in 2013. So, but what I remember most about Google Glass is just the extraordinary price point. Like, if I remember right, it was like twenty six hundred dollars or something. It was like something, it was like something ludicrous. Yeah, yeah, it was up there <laughs> for the for uh, for the the product. And I, I feel like when it was announced, it was billed as this, you know. 
almost like you almost like you had a screen built into what you were doing. It's like a heads it. up display for like a fighter pilot or something. For yeah, yeah, for like real life, like like a like a heads up display, like a real time heads up. I have display a, a grid that I can see for, for like for your all a Terminator job. Yeah, right. Which in in concept sounds amazing, right? Oh yeah. Like, like, if you didn't have to be looking at your phone or anything, like, if you could just scroll through, like, a, you know, a text feed or whatever with your, you know, by moving your eyes around. Yeah, but looking and, down a little bit. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Like, supposed to work. I mean, that, that sounds amazing. Yeah. But then, not only was this thing priced out of everybody but the, the most ridiculous person's hands, the, there was all that controversy about it when it came out, yes. about all these places banning it. Yeah. Because you could take, like unsolicited video of people and things like that. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> you recorded everything that you saw pretty much. Right. And it was just like but the funny thing is don't want to end up going to, you know, take a dump inadvertently with your Google Glass. On. <laughs> yeah. But what's hilarious is the fact that because of Google Glass and what they were attempting to do with it, it spawned augmented reality. Yeah. Because it was supposed to overlay all of this information, and then the idea was that it could also mm-hmm. overlay directions and, like, map directions. So if you're walking or driving or whatever you're doing, cycling even, um, it would give you those map directions, but it would overlay them onto the streets or onto, or it would highlight signs, and it would give you an augmented reality in an HUD, which would be awesome. Wound up just creating augmented reality apps for people's smartphones to do the exact same thing you just have to hold up your smartphone yeah so something good came out of it and it's not like the technology still isn't in development i mean it there's a bunch of companies still working on glass versions um for either industrial use or whatever other use uh it's not like that technology is going away anytime soon it's just This particular Thank one you, by Google. Google Glass for Pokemon Go. Then yeah, and uh, you know, yay, we'll move, <laughs> we'll move on. <laughs> but uh, you know, ridiculous price point. Yeah, yeah, ridiculous. Yeah. Um. So, what's everybody want to hit next? Well, I'm kind of, I'm kind of partial to ET, the extraterrestrial. Yes. Because I do have good memories of this game. As you refer Terrible to memories. the Atari 2600 yes. uh, video game of E.T. the Extraterrestrial. And the urban legend <laughs> that has now been confirmed. confirmed. Absolutely that confirmed. there was a uh, massive dump by Atari to uh, just bury this in a landfill and uh, attempt to forget about it. Yeah. But... You know, 30 years later, we uh, have uncovered that they did indeed bury the uh, the vast majority of these games. In a now, well, it was just so funny that, like, because, like, obviously, Kevin and I were both born in 1982, and that's the year that this game was introduced. Yeah. And it was kind of, like, it wasn't exactly in our wheelhouse at that time, because I don't know about you, but even though I had an Atari 2600, it was much, much, much later, and I didn't have... E.T. for I, Yeah, it. I didn't have a 2600. I yeah. did, and, and I had this. Did you? Yeah. But I just remember, like, so you're probably more aware then of the it, whole hype surrounding... I, no, 82 was a the, little It was a little early. I just know... I have fond yeah. memories of 
almost any Atari game, even really dumb ones. This yeah. is the worst game that's ever... Because <laughs> all you would do is you'd walk, and you'd fall down a hole, and you'd make his head go yeah. up, and you couldn't do anything. It was the worst game ever. <laughs> uh, and there are some nice. bad games for 2600, but you could still have some fun with them. Not this game. There's there's nothing. Nothing you could do. No redeemable quality. They, nothing. Apparently they only spent like five well, the, weeks the whole selling point. <laughs> the whole selling point on this game was the fact that it was licensed. Yeah. Yeah. To be, you know, a tie-in for the movie, they they did no real um, development. No real development <laughs> for this game. Five weeks or there's not development. Five weeks is barely the planning Five stages. Five weeks in 1982. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's hilarious. I spent I 21 million dollars in 1982 dollars just to get just the... to purchase the rights, not even to produce wow. the game. That's just. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like a five hundred million dollar game in today's yeah. market. Yeah, yeah, and when you look at what the loss they took out, you know, I mean, it's just, yeah. it's, it's staggering. But you know, I, I loved Atari um, so much. Even like when I was in high school, I think senior year, we, we ninety seven is where I'm going to put this. We got together and had a party, and we put, we got enough parts of a twenty six hundred to put one together. Guess what game we did not nice. come out? <laughs> Et the extra played a lot of joust. I'll say that a lot of combat, but Et. <laughs> Sleeps with the fishes. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. I mean, that's uh, uh, most most video game consoles have at least one of those in their portfolio. It's just that one game that just yeah, but not all of them fail. No, put them into a hole in the level. ground. No, none of them. <laughs> no, none, none of them had of to get buried. Have, in have any games that quite live up to the legend of the landfill? The, uh, yeah. None of them had to get buried in the middle of the night in a landfill. And the game is so bad that it, yeah. the, the urban legend took took legs, you know, because it, it does make sense because it's it's horrible. And, yeah, uh, I, I, yeah it, it's just incredible to think of this. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's not the only video game-centered uh, flop on this list. The Sega Dreamcast made the list as well. Oh, yeah. Uh, dude... I would I would disagree that the Dreamcast was a flop, in, in the fact that yes I I agree that it was a, not a commercial success, but that that console was fun and it had some good games, like yeah. it just I, I think it they they brought that out in kind of a, a weird time frame yeah and it was you know quickly eclipsed by the by the PlayStation Two, um, well the the PlayStation came out before it and. It and just, they just didn't do enough, it, obviously. It just came. It came at a weird time. Yeah. It, it launched in a weird, weird segment of time, and I, I think that's the biggest downside to the to the Sega Dreamcast because there was a there was a lot of fun games uh, for the Dreamcast, and it was it was sad to see that kind of end Sega's uh, you know run as a actual video game hardware manufacturer. Yeah, I, I love the Genesis and. It, yeah, yeah. Genesis was like, uh, like I was always a Nintendo fan because my first console was the NES, and right. I never upgraded to the Super NES because I wasn't the biggest gamer. And all the games that I enjoyed playing, I I had my NES for. And, and that's not to say that I didn't enjoy a few games on the Super Nintendo, but it never felt like I needed to make the leap because by that by the time where I could actually make the decision to buy a console myself, I was already building computers and i would play all of my games on my desktop but then like 
certain consoles like the, I never uh, made the jump to the Super Nintendo either. I didn't. I, I have I a went friend that the did. NES to the 64. Yeah. But then of course and then, I, then the, then then the PlayStation. PlayStation came out. And everything was on discs. And I mean so was the Dreamcast obviously, but like with the PS1 it just it just kind of took off. Like Sony had done something so right. And what's ridiculous is the fact that when Sega came out and this was really like Sega's last chance at staying relevant in the market too. Yeah. Because as soon as the PS2 came out in the year 2000, because Dreamcast came out in 99, PS2 came out in 2000. That was That's what I mean. The nail they the just they, they hit the market at an, at an unfortunate time. Yeah. And it just it just didn't work. Yeah, and it's so, a, I mean I guess it is a flop in that aspect, but I I I, I feel like it's not quite as floppy as uh, well. It wasn't to the, the detriment of, of the of the device itself. It definitely had nothing to do with how good the Dreamcast was. It was just Sega's bad timing in coming out with it. Then yeah, it's nothing like uh, number ten on this list, which is Windows Vista. <laughs> yeah, that is a and bad I, product. I don't I don't know um, if if many of our listeners at this point. Uh, remember experiencing Windows Vista, uh, considering it's an 11 year old operating system at this point. Yeah. Um, but there were literally companies that stopped selling new computers with Windows Vista and started using the old Windows XP (laughs) operating system to sell new computers. And that was a, that was a legitimate selling point for their new computers like we're not using vista you can buy i i remember that (laughs) yeah it's hilarious because they they, there was there was companies um i remember bad it was because i mean like i remember my uh my mom used to work for a school district and school districts are notorious for holding on to software for an exorbitant amount of time because they they have to they have to buy so many copies across their entire district oh, yeah. for so many computers that it's a huge purchase. So they just wait and wait and wait and wait and wait. Well, when they finally got around to upgrading all these computers to Windows XP, when Windows Vista came out and it was derided by everybody, they're like, no, we're, we're not even touching it. They didn't make the switch to Windows 8. And this was like apparently... Like, right before my mom retired, so, like, three, four years ago, whatever it was, something like that, they finally made the switch, and they leapt from Windows XP to Windows 8. They just skipped over Windows 7 entirely and went straight for Windows 8 at that point because they weren't willing, because of Windows Vista, they were not willing to take a chance on Windows 7 being the same level of bad. And I, I heard from... I mean, this is anecdotal evidence, but she had said that a couple of her uh, former co-workers who had gone off and worked for other school districts had done the same thing. And I know that I've talked to former co-workers that had worked for other businesses, large businesses, did the same thing. Like, they, they held on to Windows XP for so much longer than necessary because of how bad Windows Vista was that they were really reluctant even to try Windows 7 when it came out. Yeah. That was hilarious. Though. So, as, as I'm scrolling through this list, the the next product that catches my eye is Heinz Easy Squirt, <laughs> uh, number eighteen, 
And it was the it, it was the colored ketchup. Uh, it just oh, it's so right. unappetizing in that picture. And oh, it's so gross. Like I I don't even, I don't I don't care. I don't remember actually ever even eating it. But I don't care if it tasted exactly like ketchup. It, if it was blue, like you're not selling me on that. Like I remember a purple one in my head. Yeah, and it like, almost felt like you were putting grape jelly on French fries or something weird. Oh, and you're like, "What is this?" That's awful. Yeah, why they thought? I mean, that's awful. the funny thing is that came out in in 2000. That it was a yeah. pure 1992, 1993 product, and somebody just couldn't sell it to marketing until like 99. It just <laughs> screams Saved by the Bell, you know? It does. Having at the max. That was that's that's a product that was seven years too late. I I just I don't understand the reasoning behind it. Like kid, like for the most part, kids want ketchup anyway. It's not like you have to fight to get the kid market on ketchup. Yeah, yeah. Like kids you love ketchup. Use a ton of it. So what? Right. I, you know, I, it just I don't know who you're really trying to market to that you're not already selling with regular red ketchup. Yeah. Yeah, my, it's it's the whole novelty of it, and the novelty was so thin that it pretty much just like dissipated instantaneously. It didn't even wear off; it evaporated as it came out of the stupid tube. Like that's just a dumb idea with bad timing, and it just. I'm I'm sure like there's a million things on this list that's a dumb idea with bad timing, not just oh, bad timing, but like the next one. Okay. Perfect example of this also. Wow chips. <laughs> My favorite. Wow chips. Yeah. The chips that make you shit. Yeah. yeah. The diarrhea chips. Came out in 98. I mean, the older listeners, you know, they'll definitely remember these things. To this day, I have never once ever tried one. I think I might have. But do you remember how big of a deal it was when they came out with yeah. this? Yeah. Like, it was huge. Because of what was it, Olestra or something? Olestra, yep. And, and they made it's like the the you know you could eat chips and not get fat anymore, you know, because this is you know, it's this thing that binds to the fat molecules that your body no longer can digest them, therefore they just get excreted, and by excreted we mean diarrhea. Yeah, literally excreted. Yeah. like you are literally shitting. Now we'll help you fat, lose weight. Fat so your bubbles. your body fundamentally digests the entire product. Uh, no, separates that, out it, the. It doesn't even digest it. It just goes all the. It goes straight through your system. Well, it has to like separate out the fats from everything yeah. else, and then the olestra, well, like apparently, uh, connect or somehow like grabs hold of the. We don't fat need to go into the science of it. Then it's just gross. You don't digest. You're shitting those. fat. What? Yeah, essentially, is, did is they? What they happening. they said anal anal leakage was one of the things. <laughs> I mean, yeah. abdominal cramping and loose stools, but I think Food and Drug Administration. <laughs> required labels that say that <laughs> that that warned of abdominal cramping and loose stools. <laughs> well, we've all been there before, but you yeah. usually don't voluntarily eat a product that will do that to us. <laughs> okay, no. bonus points if anybody can uh, find the name of the South Park episode where they were making fun of. Because they definitely uh, were. I'm gonna go ahead and not search for that. Yeah, right I'm not searching for it either. <laughs> I guarantee you, they were. That was an absolutely so, hilarious episode. 
Speaking of, of WoW chips, I, I want to kind of jump back up the list a little bit and go back to the Burger King Satisfies. Fries. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The pointless, <laughs> completely pointless product. Which I don't know if anybody uh, you know actually remembers eating any of these. This, no. is, this actually wasn't all that long ago. It was only five years ago. Yeah. Um, and, and I do remember actually having, uh, like, tasting some of these when they came out. They were just bad. Like... They were more expensive. They tasted bad. They just were not good, and I it just well, it's it's one of those products that comes to market, you know, in, in a in a you know really kind of competitive market anyway in food that you just gotta wonder whether anybody actually tasted it before they brought it out. <laughs> it, it, it's the the thing too with Burger King is that Burger King burgers are great. Yeah. Burger King yes. fries have always sucked, and they've tried yeah. to do yes. things to them, and then so you come up with a product that is like substantially worse and, and horrible, and it's like even making fun of their fries even more. Um, yes. Uh, why can't they figure out fries at Burger King? I mean, I don't know. <laughs> it's, I don't know. It's hilarious. Like Wendy's knows I, how to I make th- a good fry. Honest, come on. I like no, a Wendy's. They, 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 oh, no, they Wendy's. They changed them to good. the fresh cut. I like them a lot better now. Fresh cut fries at Wendy's. They, they really sucked I, beforehand. No. They're they're okay. Oh, we're gonna fight over this. Oh, they're not. Yeah, they're not the best yes. fry. But out they're there, they're but not, not McDonald's. Yeah, I hate McDonald's right. fries. What? I, really? Yeah, hate them with a passion. The fries are the only thing that are good at McDonald's. I think we need to. Uh, I don't. I'm not sure if I blame the the actual product itself or the people who makes them or my timing every time I've ever had them because I have not in the past probably guaranteed five years have had if you get well you get cooked, hot, warm, or fresh. Fries from yeah. McDonald's. I've never had those if in the you past get five years minimum. Hot, crispy, salted fries from McDonald's. Because if you if 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 they don't salt them well, they're gross. Even yeah. there, I just kind of feel but like they'd, hot, they'd be crispy, mediocre. Salted best. fries from McDonald's are the one of the best fast food fries. I would still argue that uh, In and Out Burger has a better fry, and they're fundamentally the same style yeah, of French fry. Okay, but I feel like there seems to. I'm not going to go on like region specific. <laughs> True, but we can can we blame you, Burger you King for trying that, I'll go to be better all day long? Yeah. Oh well. And okay, I'll give you that one. Swenson's too. I, you know, I I mean, I I, I prefer Swenson's everything to In and Out, <laughs> but that's that's super. That's another conversation. And I, I'm yeah. talking, I, I'm talking national chains that you can get. You know, pretty much anywhere in the within, country within a within a ten minute drive of most of your you know. Most of the viewing audience or, or listening audience, you're going to look at, you know, Burger King, McDonald's, Wendy's, you know, maybe a Hardee's in there. You know. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, like, because of the Crystal Burger, <laughs> <laughs> White Castle, Carl's Jr., Chicken Rings. Oh. Sorry. No, but similarly, um, like, that's just it. Like, that's because of this competition. <laughs> I understand why Burger King felt the need to try and come up with something that would differentiate themselves. Oh, I, yeah, they I just, totally get it. Yeah. I just wish they had gone through a little bit more product testing. R&D. Yeah. Uh, some, maybe some market feedback. Well, went. Burger speaking, King just seemed to just Speaking of things, things with out. no satisfaction... There's a lot on this list. I, I want to throw out <laughs> right. Speaking of things with no satisfaction, I want to throw out as as a former smoker, I want to throw out these premier smokeless cigarettes. Um, 
they're on this list, and I, I can't I, I can't actually say that I ever tried one. No, I haven't either. I don't know that they were even. I, I don't know that they were even. They probably weren't even still available. Available. Once I was smoking. No, because they were introduced in '88 and pulled off the market uh, less than a year later. Yeah, but I wasn't I, smoking then. I, I don't understand <laughs> it. Just reading it, like it's, it's, it seems it's really perverse. A safer way to use a cigarette, but there's no smoke, no burn, and no any. I don't. What's the point? Like, <laughs> yeah, you're basically just like, sucking why, on why, something. Why? Just get a paper towel. <laughs> yeah, just get a goddamn dum dum. Like, what? At least then you're having the sucker. Yeah. <laughs> you should get in the flavor and the sugar and whatnot, whatever the hell this thing was. I like the widely By reported. By all means, I'm not. I, I'm. I, I want to put this out here right now. I'm not advocating smoking by any means. No. But. I'm not advocating smoking the conventional way or the premier smokeless cigarettes from 1988. I'm 100% not not advocating smoking. Well. I, the, the premier smokeless cigarette. I like the widely reported I'm unpleasant. 99% not advocating smoking. Unpleasant chemical taste. Yummy. Yeah, which I've smoked some cigarettes in my life that have a chemical taste to them. You know, a, a normal one. Mm. But apparently uh, that sounds really unpleasant. Yeah. Burn. I don't remember. Aaron, did you and I ever – did I ever did I ever bring a pack of Black Deaths to SeaWorld? You know, I, you might have. Uh, we smoked a lot of cigarettes together at SeaWorld. <laughs> Uh, it, it, they, they they came in a black pack with a silver skull and crossbones. I think them. we I think <laughs> that's ringing a bell actually. <laughs> why? I, me being the one who's never why not? started smoking this. We were we were bad this, kids, you know. Like Dude, the <laughs> stupidest thing to do. Okay, okay, but this is the thing. Like when like when I started like when I started smoking, it was not a. It's not like there was any secret to the fact that it was terrible for you. Yeah. So you're hearing it left, right, and center. I figure I went to like a a specialty smoke shop at one point, and they had these packs of Black Death cigarettes, and I'm like, I, you have to buy one of those at that point. Like, I mean, it's not just to try it for the novelty of it. It looks so looks so cool. Did it say on the package each cigarette will knock one year of life off you? No, I think it said, it like, it smoke them if you got them. <laughs> like, it, was, it was ridiculous. The, the packaging was what made it. The cigarettes weren't even good. Like, like of, of anything, they they were not, uh, they were not you know, real quality, uh, <laughs> quality uh well, All tobacco, tobacco, like literally anything. But I mean, they, they, yeah, was, there's a uh, there's a lot of products. So here's like the next one down was Cheetos lip balm. <laughs> Speaking of products that are just like pointless and garbage for their time. Yeah, Cheetos how did? Why was that a thing? I, I I don't know. Like, I, why are we still a, a species at this point? If we had Cheetos lip balm, but it, that's exactly it. it's like right. you talk about cigarettes tasting awful. At least like. You take a couple of puffs yeah. and then you're like, oh, that tastes bad. And then you got to go wash out your mouth. Like yeah. putting on Cheetos flavored lip balm, like you either have to really ridiculously love Cheetos or whoever the hell you're going to be kissing does because that's just gross. Like, why? I'm not convinced you're kissing anyone if you've got Cheetos flavored lip balm. This too, lip balm. yeah. Yeah. 
maybe that's maybe that's the point. Maybe maybe it was intended for you know girls to be able to put on as a deterrent or something <laughs> to like hyper aggressive guys back in the early two thousands, the douchebags from two thousand five. Yeah, because there were enough of them back then for sure. <laughs> still are. Uh, there's still plenty of douchebags now. But it's like, why? Like, who thought that was a good idea? Because it literally says on the stick, cheese flavored lip balm. Yeah, well, not not good. And see, here's the thing. Like, in order for that to be decent, your definition of, like, good tasting cheese has to be, like, craft Singles. Or cheese in a can. <laughs> and, right, or, yeah, easy cheese. So if you if that's your definition of good cha- good tasting cheese, then you know we we have a we we have a serious you know palate discrepancy. I have a brick of habanero I, cheddar from Costco. I like to <laughs> to introduce you to if that's I, the case. I cannot. I I can't hardly even stomach American cheese at this point. Yeah, it, it, it's, I, American cheese singles are gross. I, I like, and I realize that it's not actually it's cheese product or whatever the you know yeah. whatever you want to call it and it's but it, it but it is it's just bad yeah there's all, there's like, very few things that american cheese is good on and i i would argue that there's nothing that there's not better cheese for well i would argue that you could probably <laughs> put them on a hoagie like a good size thick italian hoagie do you remember those and american cheese would be better than certain others i think that's just a matter nah. of taste i like i've tried them with swiss i've tried them with cheddar and there's just a certain balance there i don't know it's Dude, just something your, with the get uh, yourself spicier a gouda meat. or something no it's just or, i think the way it balances a spicier or meat nice in a, in smoky a provolone or it, something it helps, like but yeah i know yeah. cheese is so bad yeah. <laughs> but it literally in, in anything else i i 100 agree it's just it's pointless you can you can absolutely 100 do better but oh, yeah, I mean, there's that, so, and then you get into like weird products when you start talking so, about food stuffs. Yeah, I, I like the one product on here that that really actually kind of seems right in my wheelhouse right now because I, I really do, I, I really do prefer cold coffee right now. I mean, I'll drink hot. Yeah, coffee. Yeah, I, I like saw coffee. that. I, I really do like hot coffee, uh, just as much as cold coffee. But if I have a if I have a choice, this is this has been my summer right of iced coffee where I've really yes. I've really uh, embraced it fully. And like over over the last eight months too, like my coffee my coffee preferences have really changed. I, I've I've really moved into a like I drink most ninety nine percent of my coffee just black. All right, good. Welcome to the club. Um, it's yeah. Nice to have you. Uh, this there's a there's a product on this list that's Maxwell House brewed coffee, and it it comes in a like a milk carton. <laughs> yeah, it's the most appetizing drink. thing I've ever seen. Extra strength, I, but I I love the fact that in the description the 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 picture of this thing there's there's writing on the carton that says enjoy hot, but if you read the description there's a foil lining <laughs> on the inside of this carton that you can't microwave. <laughs> so I like all I'm, like all I'm imagining is people sticking this carton in their microwave, going, "Hey, it says enjoy hot on it, and there's no visible metal on this thing," and just blowing up their microwaves. <laughs> and that's probably why this pro- the product was discontinued shortly after probably, its release. Yes. Uh, I also like how like the, the the font under Maxwell House reminds me of the Mac Tonight McDonald's campaign back in the uh, yes back in the uh, what was it late '80s I think. 
which brings us yeah. to McDonald's. The oh, Arch Deluxe. Yes. Arch the Arch Deluxe. Back in 96. I don't did know they, if I did, ever had one. I don't think I ever did either. Do you guys remember, though, were I they advertising heavily during the uh, Summer Olympics in 96? I kind of feel like they were. It like was they a, spent a ton of money around that time. To it was supposed to be. I, I just remember a friend of mine worked there, and he was just going on and on about the Arch Deluxe and how McDonald's changing their image and all that sort of thing. And, and it, was a, it was a huge push. Just by adding uh, extra I just toppings. remember Yeah. I remember fourteen year old me watching a whole lot of women's gymnastics <laughs> during the Yeah, but you know what? I'm pretty sure everybody Olympics. was watching a whole lot of women's gymnastics in the ninety six games. That was it that yeah, was but Atlanta. probably for different reasons yeah. than fourteen year old me. Probably. <laughs> but I guarantee you there was a lot more fourteen year olds out there watching for the exact same reasons. <laughs> I'm sure there were. <laughs> But you were not the only one, and and I guarantee, you, like that's still one of the biggest draws of all of the Summer Olympics. So, <laughs> yeah, but it's creepier now because I'm like 36 and yeah, 14. and not. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's that was bad. I mean, it wasn't anything, like it was a bad product. No, it wasn't bad at but all. It was just uh, it was it was <clears throat> bad marketing, bad. It's just not I what you want at McDonald's. No. So yeah, exactly. They're trying to do the exact same thing now, apparently. Yeah, but they still, you know, they still push, you know, with the the quarter pounder, with the you know the not frozen meat and all that sort of thing. Yeah. I mean, they're still they're pushing it with all the different kinds of Big Macs. I guess I go to McDonald's way too often, but yeah. what what I think is really funny with McDonald's, and and I I don't remember where I read this, but it, it was it was some sort of back history for a, a you know different products at mcdonald's for a little while they had a one-third pound burger yeah yeah and they stopped making it because people thought the quarter pound burger was bigger because <laughs> because most of their customers can't do easy math oh <laughs> right. america like, that speaks volumes yeah. about the the nonsense education system that we have in america yeah like, that that you think a one third pound burger is smaller than a one quarter did, pound did, burger? Did you guys remember the McDLT or the McBL? What, what, I remember the, the, the styrofoam where you would put the yeah the hot side. Yeah. And the, my, my parents loved that. I thought it was really weird. Mm. I have a lot I of McDonald's memories. Yeah, but speaking of just continuing with the food theme, Lifesavers soda. I mean, this is a pure nineteen nineties product. <laughs> oh yeah. Lifesavers soda yeah. from 95. I, I actually think that sounds kind of good. I, I just I, I would totally drink a Lifesaver soda just to try it. It, 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 it just seems like it would taste like red. <laughs> you know, just good, good right. red. Well, it's, it's not like they didn't have <laughs> multiple flavors. They had yeah, apparently I mean, pineapple, orange punch, grape punch, and lime nah, punch. Just red. At that point, I don't, I don't know why you're not drinking just like Fago Red Pop. Yeah. I think that was the problem. I think that the competition I mean, was so stiff then that they're like, oh, we'll just introduce something brand new based off of a currently appreciated property and, oh, wait, it doesn't associate well. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, you know, I mean, going right down that line, you, you know what you have to talk about next is Crystal Pepsi. I love Crystal yes. Pepsi, though. I did, I, too. I love Crystal Pepsi also, but when they brought it back out, Oh, they screwed I, I think it up. I had a severe case of nostalgia goggles because yeah. it wasn't as good. No, so I liked there, it. I liked it though. Uh, 
No, I, I'm not saying it was bad. It just didn't. Yeah, you better not it be. It didn't live up to my. It didn't live up to my expectation of what it was, or what my what my memory well, of that product. Well, maybe was. you just needed to have it with the right now commercial, and you would have felt a little differently. You maybe know, the, right now, right now. <laughs> <laughs> and then also the the Saturday Night Live Crystal Gravy commercial. You know. <laughs> yes. But, oh my God, it's so gross. Yeah, Crystal Pepsi was actually so like. Gross. I just remember Crystal Pepsi like. Being the one thing that, because everybody, and this is still true to this day, like more people are Coke drinkers and Diet Coke drinkers especially. And then it was just like that for that very short period of time, I feel like a ton of people were all of a sudden talking about Pepsi. Because it it wasn't staining your teeth. It wasn't, you know, like the dark soda and all that. and, And, but for whatever reason, it still failed. Yeah, I, I think the Coke Pepsi thing is is pretty regional. Yeah, um, like I I know, I personally know more people that would rather have Coke than Pepsi, but I know that's not always the case. And we actually have friends of ours that like only drink Pepsi. Like that's what they drink. Yeah, I. But I, I, I I'm weird with it. Like I don't I don't really drink soda anymore, yeah. and I haven't for a couple years. But. I prefer regular Coke to regular Pepsi, but I prefer Diet Pepsi to Diet Coke. Mm. At this like point, if I, yeah. If I want something I, no calories, it's going to be a Coke, no sugar. It used to be called Zero. Yeah. I'm just not like, I you know, I just don't need that excess sugar. Yeah, nobody does. So I, I'm just nobody not, really does. Right, I'm not. I'm just not drinking it. But anymore. if I'm going to have it, it's going to be a Coke. There you go. But here's another oh, weird 100%. one. Another just uh, another odd like just like lifesavers making a soda. The Smith and Wesson mountain bike. No, l- well that too. <laughs> Cosmopolitan <laughs> making yogurt. What is oh, that? Oh, that was Cosmopolitan. That, so weird. Just to look at it is so weird. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I there there's you couldn't you couldn't pay me to buy that. Yeah, what like what's the point of it? It's again like up here. I get it. Like so, you've also got cores. Rocky Mountain sparkling water. I get that <laughs> Coors basically was just filtering water and trying to sell something as an aside product. I'll say this though: aesthetically, those bottles look great. They do, they do. But it's but filled it's just, with water and not watery well, and beer. I, and I'll, I'll tell <laughs> you what: sparkling too, water. I, I really, and, and this is obviously this is not a failed product. This is something that the company actually does, and I and I do actually respect them for. Um, and it's Anheuser Busch, but yeah. I'm sure you've seen the commercials where they, you know, during times of you know catastrophe, they go through and they, you know, actually do ship cases of water to, you know, disaster prone areas. Like, I, I think that's super amazing. Yeah, uh, yeah, that they do that, and that's and that's really cool. But that that's exactly what that reminds me of. Yeah. It's just, you know, hey, uh, you know, we have all this water. Maybe the beer's not ready, and we'll just can the. Yeah. We'll, just can well the we've water. got all these like filtration processes ready to go for filtering out our water that we use in the brewing process. Why don't we actually bottle right. some water as well? Yeah. Well, the funny thing is with this though, it's sparkling water. Yeah. Which that... means they had to carbonate it. Yeah. And it's yeah, but they carbonate the beer anyway. True, but still, it's just it it. For me, it just feels I mean, like this, it would have been that, smarter that if a... they did like at the time because of... this was 1990. If they had just done. A bottled, clean, refreshing water. Yeah, but out of all of those things, either way they want to do it, sparkling or not, that that 
out of any of these, the, that's the most logical uh, of these. Like, I, I totally get it. Like, oh, you're you're bottling beer, and then, yeah. you know, maybe when you're brewing more beer, you still want to bottle stuff, so bottle some water. Okay, I, yeah, I see that. Yeah. Like, I, I can make that logical progression, and it's not going to... It's not going to make my head hurt. Unlike the Smith and Wesson mountain bike, yeah, what? which I have to tell you, I, I'm extremely disappointed that it doesn't come with a gun holster of some sort, yeah. I, or a gun. They, they've got they've got <laughs> two different they've got two different water bottle holders on here, and no holster. I think mine. you should be able to take off the fork on the front and turn it into a gun. <laughs> I, think have, I, I think it should just have a mounted gun on the handlebar. I, I think that'd be fantastic. But you, you can't just rely on that. You have to have a you know a secondary uh, sidearm here. You know. Yeah. yeah. This is serious business. Well, here's Mount, the weird thing to biking. me about this thing <laughs> is the fact that okay, so for 20 years now this debuted in 2002, so that's relatively recent. But for 20 years prior, they had been making police bicycles. Why the Smith and Wesson was making police bicycles for 20 years since the 1980s is ridiculous seeing as how so many other much better bicycle manufacturers had been around throughout the eighties and even earlier. So why did Smith and Wesson have to come in to start making them? And then they stopped really producing enough to sell to the police department. So they just decided, well, we'll sell them to the public instead. Was this, (laughs) See, reading that though, I don't get that they were doing it twenty years prior to selling, trying to sell it in two thousand two. I, I, I get it. Like they started selling police bicycles in nineteen ninety eight because this article came out in July of this year, and in two thousand two they started. They attempted to sell mountain bikes to the general public. Oh, so it's just been. It wasn't even necessarily that they had been making them previously. They just decided all of a sudden we're going right. to make them and sell them to the police, as well as the general public. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, I think they were selling them to the police for and then four they just yeah then they decided to 2002. It just well, seems it says like your introduced was 2002. It, it, it doesn't matter. It just it makes no sense right. either way you look at it. Like, why is a gun manufacturer making mountain bikes? Right. Like, there's nothing Not in their fully. manufacturing process that would even suggest that you could make a mountain bike with the same equipment, and there would be a logical step. I would just assume right. it's the heaviest bike ever made by humans. Just because. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I, I would assume that as well. Yeah. I, it's probably unfair, but, you know, it's like, oh, we already got this metal and the way we do, you know, do things with the metal. Here's a 50 pound mountain bike. Yeah. It just, it's, it's ridiculous. I don't Plus, get it, it looks, for the life of me. It looks so stupid. That, you know, the, the logo. <laughs> so. I want to I want to touch on a couple things here. I I am surprised actually how many on this list are TV shows or movies. Yeah. Um. And, and I'm not going to get I'm into all of them, but I, <laughs> but I do want to touch on number forty nine. Okay. Which is Super Train. <laughs> yeah, this is hilarious. And it was which is before all of our times expensive. Yep. Right. The most expensive TV series ever aired. Set aboard a nuclear-powered train yeah. that travels between New York City and Los Angeles at speeds nearing 200 miles that an hour. That sounds awesome. <laughs> that sounds ridiculously the show's slow. Production, right. Not for 79. The production model. <laughs> Not for 79. 
Still takes ten hours to get there. Like, they, well, they probably had a disco in one of the, uh, you know, one of the cars. Right. The disco oh, car. <laughs> Production required a model train set that cost three million dollars, <laughs> and it crashed during its first demonstration. <laughs> nine episodes. It lasted it's, nine. Episodes. It just makes me think of like I the know. Simpsons when like something like go like blows up for no reason, things that aren't combustible. Like yeah. I just I just imagine this yes. <laughs> this model train just falling off the track and blowing up. <laughs> like a glass of water falls off a table and still <laughs> explodes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just I like I've I've been a part of a few productions that you just kinda wished that they uh hadn't even made it to air. But like this one I don't know, man. Like, just for the pure kitschiness of it, I, I would have loved <laughs> to have actually seen an episode to see how bad it actually well, was. Well, it's just put all of it together, too. 79 fashion and music and technology yeah. and access. Yeah. And it's like, oh, my God. <laughs> and the entire thing takes place on a, you know, on a set, presumably, that's not that big. Because if it's supposed to be inside a train, yeah, okay, maybe some of it takes we've, place at the two stations. We've all seen Snowpiercer. stop in between, but it's just <laughs> oh, the logistics of being able to shoot something like that, it being in tight quarters and whatnot. It's just, I guarantee it would have it would have not played well. I, I imagine today's standards too. Like like all the shows of that time, like they probably had like guest stars you know and things like that oh yeah <laughs> i i imagine ernest borgnine had to be in one of these episodes <laughs> one of the nine <laughs> <laughs> it just oh, screams ernest borgnine <laughs> well there's some other ones right. too that are pretty bad like okay number 47 is mars needs moms this is 2011 i yeah i, I never yeah, saw it it sounded weird <laughs> nobody did 150 yeah. million dollar budget it grossed 6.9 million it's opening weekend. I, oh I don't shit! Know how I put a studio out of business. <laughs> and the sad, well, no, it's Disney. Or the that's uh, the really sad thing. It was Walt Disney Motion Image uh, Movers animation. So uh, I'm sure it was like their feature animation department. Um, and then of course the Image Studio was Image Movers, which, yeah, Image Movers. I haven't seen much from recently. And point of fact, they closed after the studio wrap production on the film. <laughs> So, I mean, but Image Movers was fairly big. I mean, throughout the 90s especially. And this movie ruined it for him. I mean, <laughs> that's all it takes is like one bad movie, horribly done movie. And it, well, it destroyed it really an entire takes, studio, it? an animation studio. And this was still a Disney project too and disney didn't even take the blame for it they just pushed it all into image all movers right. and there you image went. movers castaway what lies beneath polar express mm-hmm. i mean like wow it was andy zemeckis's it was yeah it was zemeckis's company that's what pisses me off it was andy zemeckis's company uh or robert zemeckis's company i'm sorry robert zemeckis's company and it just it because of that because of that one shitty disney project <laughs> We lose image movers. They were thinking about doing a Roger Rabbit sequel. Yes, I knew that they were for a while. I'd... Thanks, Mars Marsney's moms. Screw Stupid Disney. movie. <laughs> terrible idea. It was a terrible idea. I, I mean, I so never saw I... it, but it just you saw it in the uh, trailers and stuff like that. It was an awful, awful idea. We're we're 
Uh, approaching 45 minutes here, I did want to touch on one other product because I actually owned it recently. Do it. And that's the uh, this, oh. the Samsung Galaxy Note 7. <laughs> Bottom of the list. <laughs> the phone that explodes. And so, I, like, I, I have to tell you, in the limited time that I had with the Note 7, I really, really liked it. And, and mine, you know... Mine never got super hot or anything unless, you know, obviously it didn't catch fire. It didn't burn my house down or my car or anything or like that. Kids. But it is a pretty spectacular failure uh, yeah. when you think about it. The fact that they went through and had a mandatory recall of every single one oh, of yeah. these phones. Yeah, we like, had podcasts on this phone I, last year. It is really ridiculous. Estimated I, I mean, uh, three is, billion loss. Yeah, it is the wow chips of phones. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's yeah. like it was just well, one it, minor it flaw. Successfully, you know, it, it turned me away. It, it finally turned me away from Samsung. Mm-hmm. Like you know, I, I because uh, because the original Pixel was was you know launched that same year, and I had to get a new phone. I picked up the Pixel and haven't looked back, but yep. it's uh, it definitely turned you know turned me away, and I I you know I wonder how many other customers were turned away from Samsung just based on that. Yeah, not that Samsung obviously is suffering because they're still I believe the number two phone maker behind Apple. Yeah, they still are. They're fine, so, but it I mean, did, it didn't image mover them. <laughs> no, exactly. Right. Exactly. It didn't shutter the entire company. The last one that I actually wanted to touch base on right quick was HD DVD. And the main reason I want to touch base on this was when I was working in entertainment, one of the last jobs I had in Los Angeles before I uh, moved back here because the economy tanked was in Blu-ray and DVD production. Oh, the good old days. of Yeah. And that was like, that was exactly at the time of the format war between HD DVD and Blu-ray. And for the life of me, I was always banking on HD DVD, not because it was a better product than Blu-ray, but because at the time it would have made more sense to be able to switch everything over to HD DVD, given that the cost would have been much more amenable to the average person whereas blu-ray if you guys remember blu-rays came out at 50 60 dollars a piece oh yeah yeah and hd dvds came out at 25 and i'm like Uh, what it's a no-brainer like you still have hd movies with a ton of content extra features all that stuff being put on hd dvds at an affordable price especially in in 2006 2007 but then, you know, the format war ended in 2008 and Sony's Blu-ray won out because Warner Brothers finally backed them. And now all of a sudden you had this format that nobody could afford because nobody could afford 50, 60 bucks, especially in that economy. And so it just languished for easily five, six years. Whereas HD DVD would have actually probably flourished, would have been fine. It would have been only a little bit more pricey than DVDs. Had it gone the other way. And it just pisses me off because it was not Toshiba's fault. It was not HD DVD's fault. It was the studio's fault. 
assuming that they can make more money off of it. And to this day, Blu-rays, as awesome as they are, they're going the way of the Dodo. Like, everything's going to be moving towards digital downloads in the near future. Yeah, but HD, I mean, you can't count that against Blu-ray. It would have been the same thing against HD DVD. True, but like, I just feel the, like they weren't, they like, they were looking to future-proof themselves a little bit by the expanded capacity of Blu-rays, and I totally understand that. The problem was, even at the time, music had already gone almost completely digital. Like, people weren't buying nearly as many CDs. They were almost always paying for downloads because everybody had iPods. And in 2008, 2007, after the iPhone, um, people started putting music on their phones and carrying them around. So the writing was on the wall for CD. CDs were out. And because music was moving in a digital, in a way, uh, a media-less way, movies were not too far behind. And so if you gave it 10 years, which you know would have been reasonable and which would have been 2017 you know, and this year, and look, yeah, but we're exactly where we are. Yeah, but 10 years in technology is you know, two lifetimes. Yeah, but yeah. what bothers me is the fact that even till now, in the past 10 years, Blu-ray hasn't fully lived up to its capacity. So you can hold 56 gigabytes on a disc, but none of them are being fully utilized for that. And that's what pisses me off. But that's not that's not the format's fault. No, it's not. But it's the idiots behind the, the format who thought or you know, behind the uh not even the people who created the format. It wasn't Sony's fault either. It's the idiots who decided that that was the better thing to back at the time. Yeah, but regardless, that's the again, that that's that's nitpicking a decision on the the part of the the studio that's not that doesn't mean that the format is inferior to HD DVD in which case no, the, the HD DVD format is inferior to Blu-ray. Yeah, it absolutely is, it's, but it wouldn't have made any difference to the average consumer except in price whereas you know, at the well, time everybody would I'll tell would you exactly where it. it makes a big difference to the consumer is in video games. Well, that's just it. You, because you could have easily that's kept where it. that's where Blu-ray yes. is is actually utilizing close to its full capacity. Yeah, and that's where the 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 vast majority of these you know discrepancies there come into full light because you had video games that were coming out for the Xbox 360 that utilized HD DVD. Yeah, that were two and three discs in the same case where you had the same game coming out on the PlayStation 3 in one. But Sony could have easily kept the um, Blu-ray discs for not only gaming, but for industrial storage and just for storage in general, whereas for actual like movie yeah, entertainment. That, that, was a ma- that was a big selling point when they brought out the PS3. Was it's, It was the cheapest and best Blu-ray player on the market. But that's just it. It, it wouldn't have cost them any more than a couple dollars install to install base. an HD DVD laser, compatible laser. But why why, why pay Toshiba when they can use their because own? Because it would have been more marketable. You would have been able to sell more HD DVDs at the, the time when it came out. You would have definitely been and able I, to sell more. And I would argue right now that it's moot. Exactly, it is. It's, it's 100% <laughs> moot now. <laughs> Just like majority of these matter. products, looking back at Sony them. won, and they they got to keep their money, and then instead of them having to pay Toshiba for an HD DVD laser, Xbox pays Sony now for every Blu-ray laser that they put in the Xbox One. Yeah, yeah. 
So I, I would argue that Sony had the, the, the greater foresight in pushing for that format because as it has moved on, Sony now makes money off of not only every PlayStation 4 that they sell, but every Xbox One that Microsoft sells because they need to purchase yeah. Blu-ray lasers. Sony something. is definitely the big winner in this one. It's definitely not the studios. They didn't sell nearly enough in the past 10 years to make up yeah. the difference. But Sony... And it's all right, because Sony, fa- Sony failed with the Betamax, yeah. so they get to win one yeah. this time. Which is, Yay, it all worked that, out. That right there is probably the saving grace about that argument. It's like, I will give Sony... Because Betamax was definitely the superior product, and they and it just lost out due to economics of the time. This time, it the superior product did win out, even though that the times didn't actually reward them for the it being superior for probably six or seven years later. <laughs> so, but that's what you got to do, man. You got to play the long game. Yeah, apparently, <laughs> but that's about it from us. Uh, we'll have more nostalgia member berries i just want to make a comment real quick who the fuck wants harley davidson cologne nobody yeah nobody. not even bikers which is why i failed it smell like burnt oil yes. like <laughs> burnt it's oil stupid. and regret like <laughs> and midlife crisis and sweat anyway. <laughs> so that's it that's the last but that's it we're out of here say good night fellas good night good night fellas see you in the next one people all right, that's it from us. Thanks a lot for listening, everybody. As always, be sure to like, subscribe, follow on whatever platform you're listening to us on. Uh, be sure to check us out on the Facebooks and the Twitters, and we will see you all in the next episode. <laughs>